Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Journalist deaths are not new in Mexico. In the past six years, 57 journalists have been killed on the job, and the vast majority of those cases have gone unsolved. But when four journalists were killed last month, the spate of deaths put a spotlight on the problem. Protesters across the country and supporters throughout the world have called for better protections for journalists and justice for those who have died. Elliot Spaggett is the U.S. immigration team leader and San Diego correspondent at the Associated Press. Elliot, welcome. Hi, Christy. Thanks for having me. And uh, congratulations to your team. And to, I, I guess I should say thank you for your, to your team for publishing these, uh, for all the attention that's given to the, you've given to these, these uh, cowardly acts. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your story. So you have been doing this for 18 years. Plus, how have conditions been for journalists? Has it always been dangerous? Have they been getting worse? What is your assessment? You know, it got really bad uh, during the drug wars when, when Felipe Calderon sent the armies, uh, uh, military across the country in 2006 or seven to, uh, to, to try to uh, put an end to the drug wars, which obviously did not work. Uh, but, but, you know, I actually, you said 18 years, I've been in, in San Diego for 18 years, but I started as a journalist in the late 80s. And, um, you know, I remember going to Mexico City around that time, not knowing anything. Um, there had been a, a big, a very famous journalist killed then, uh, Manuel Buendia, um, uh, Hector Felix, and a, another famous journalist was killed here and it was killed in Tijuana in 1988. So it's been it's been going on for a long time, but but getting worse. And, you know, I think that people are uh, particularly the Mexican journalists that I've talked to. And I haven't talked to that many. I did go to the, some vigils, but they, they seem um, well, very shaken, very sad and very, very angry about it. But it's, it's like not anything that they haven't been through before. Maybe not maybe not affected so personally, so directly. But this is sort of par for the course of so the, the reaction from the Mexican government was was kind of what we've seen before, maybe some expressions of solidarity or, or sympathy, but nothing to really be terribly hopeful that things are going to change soon. Um, yeah, well, thank you for correcting me. Doing this since the late 80s, oh, I mean, what has your what has your experience been? You know, I, I'm sure that you have um, some stories about this very subject. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, you know, really want to emphasize how generous Mexican journalists are, are to each other and and to people like me and, and other foreign journalists and how critical a role they play in uh, in getting the word out not just just uh, in their communities but around the world you know I uh, I um, yeah I arrived in, in in Mexico in the late 80s with really very little experience almost no experience not a not a great command of Spanish by any means I was freelancing and the journalists there just in general, so many journalists to name took me in, uh, meaning they just kind of showed me the ropes, told me who to talk to, who not to talk to, where to go, where not to go. Uh, ba basically just kind of got me grounded. Uh, one of them was Alfredo Cordova, who was a journalist in the city of Tapachula, which is right on the border, near the border with Guatemala. He was a real man about town. He was, uh, I think, 33 years old, 30 years old at the time. Uh, he uh, was, uh, you know, he just seemed to know everybody. Yeah, he was the correspondent for the national national newspaper Excelsior, and he not only did he you know sort of spend time, many a lot of time with me explaining the political situation there, 
he had he invited me to his house with his uh with his family extended family for a big barbecue feast on on sunday he was just you know just extremely generous so he died in 1990 some intruders uh intruders uh killed him and he, he was trying to fend them off from from uh his son and, and wife uh another journalist freddy lopez arevalo was uh was uh very much unlike Alfredo, he was like a real partier. He liked to stay out at night, but then he would be be up at it the next morning, uh, going around to people, talking with people who were sort of marginalized, a lot of refugees, uh, people who were who were uh, on the margins, who were who were overlooked by the government and and and, uh, and the elites. And and he uh, just just seemed to have so much energy. He worked in Central America for many years. He was in the United States. Um, yeah, he was killed in, in in 2017 in San Cristobal de las Casas, which is where he's from. Uh, a similar situation, and, and uh, you know, as somebody, uh, he was coming home with his wife and children uh, from his mother's uh, birthday party, and, and intruder killed him, shot him. This was just a few months ago, October uh, October 2021. So, kind of bookends. I mean, 1990 was the early, you know, beginning of my career. 2021. Um, Toward the end, uh, you know, um, and 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 these two people who were very influential uh, to me, um, you know, were killed. So um, it's it's really tough. Um, you know, I was also going to say, you know, one uh, one thing that there was another journalist who was who was extremely uh, helpful to me, and, and some people may know him here locally, Sergio Otto, who worked for the Zeta. Uh, Newspaper, the Weekly Zeta newspaper, uh, which has had two of their two of their journalists killed, uh, and a bodyguard, um, and their founder was seriously injured. But um, Sergio is just a, a, a tireless reporter in Mexicali. He he died of natural causes. I want to say it was about five years ago, maybe. Uh, but he his, his uh, life, his work was depicted in a movie called El Reportero by Bernardo Ruiz. Uh, and it's hi I highly recommend it. It really just, you know, he 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 wrote a book. Sergio wrote a book about the 2010 earthquake, taking on the authorities for their management of uh, for, for just their their lack of attention uh, to the to the communities that were harmed. And 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 he just, you know, he didn't he didn't he just was he didn't care. I mean, he just wrote the wrote the truth, very unassuming. I was sitting and standing in line with him when the film was being shown in in San Diego. He had driven four hours round trip. And he was, I was the last person who got in. So he was behind me and got cut off. And they said, sorry, you're gonna have to go. You're not gonna be allowed in. And he was ready to go home <laughs> to, to not see his, I said, wait a second, this, it, he's, this is about, about him. So when they realized that they let him in, but that it just like, he didn't. Wow. So, so unassuming, so, so low key and, and uh, uh, did not draw attention to himself, but was just like a bulldog as a reporter. Wow. Yeah, well, the story you just told, you know, this going on from the 90s and until now, uh, you know, with no sign of stopping, it's so um, disheartening and it's it's terrifying, right, for the people that are there doing um, the job. I mean, you're in touch with Mexican journalists. Uh, you're in those circles. How have they responded to um, recent and I guess ongoing killings and, you know, what keeps them going amid the danger? You know, again, it's, I think it's a little raw right now. So maybe they're, you know, I, and, and I haven't had any deep conversations with them, I, I, I th but I know they're going to continue. They're going to go on. Uh, maybe they'll make some adjustments, uh, you know, based on any lessons that they can draw from it. 
you know, they, they, uh, I, 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 they, they, they communicate with each other. And this, this came across in some of the coverage, they help each other out, especially on the safety points. So they used to have like these walkie talkies about 10 years ago, Nextel walkie talkies, and it sounded like a police scanner. So, you know, they would be like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. There's two bodies found here. I'm going to a murder here. Um, so they all kind of knew where each other were. They, they, uh, they, they helped, you know, they would follow each other to the, to the stories. These are for mainly for crimes that I'm talking about. And now they have WhatsApp, of course, has kind of replaced that. Um, and so they have these very active groups where, where they're always, you know, looking out for each other. So that'll, that'll continue. Have you ever feared for your life on the job? Well, there was one instance that um, I, I want to say this happened in around 2011 when 23 people were were killed in a shootout in um, some very small towns north of, well, north of Altar, Sonora, just south of Nogales. And my editor said, you know, get out there as soon as you can and find out what happened. And those were my instructions. So, you know, I, I, what I often do when I'm going into, I did the same thing that I did in the late 80s. I said, I'm going to look out for first, look up the Mexican journalists first and find out where to go, where not to go. Uh, and sure enough, they told me, do not go there. Just do not go there because they said they don't go there and they, you know, they live there and they said they, they, they're, they do not go there. The, the doctors wouldn't go there. The clinics had to shut down. Uh, gasoline stations had to shut down because no one would go there to deliver the gas. The schools closed. People were just abandoning the, the, these towns. It was really, it was a failed state in this, in this area. I mean, it was a fairly small, you know, three small towns, but you'd have to say that it was just a total breakdown. So, you know, thanks to those, I, if I, I guess, I guess, you, you know, I didn't, I didn't fear for my life because um, they had, they, they were, they had my back, you know, and I, I ended up going to uh, a nearby town called uh, Caborca and speaking with the exiles um, about what happened in the town and how things deteriorated so much. Um, so it turned out to be a good story, but, um, you know, I, I, I always having to take my the, the safety into account and relying on Mexican journalists to, to help me with that. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the saddest things about this story is that the Mexican government is supposed to have a protection program for journalists. And, you know, two, um, two people that were killed last month were supposedly enrolled in it or, you know, in the process of being enrolled in it. So I know there's pressure there to improve it. Um, I know that there have been some uh, arrests, you know, in connection with uh, Lourdes Maldonado. But are people seeing this as, as hopeful or, or what is your, your read on the situation in Mexico? I mean, again, I tend to be pretty cynical about this stuff. I mean, I just, I, 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 I'd love to be surprised. I mean, the president made some comments that were um, not exactly sympathetic or critical of, of journalists. He's had, he's had a, 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 you know, a tense relationship with, with journalists, but um, even though he does daily news conferences to his credit, but uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just feel that uh, there, there's a lot of lip service played just, just looking over the past, you know, 30, 40 years, whatever, um, a lot of lip service and maybe some people, maybe they'll have some arrests. Um, but I, you know, things haven't changed. So, I mean, I, I, they've gotten worse. So it's going to take a lot, but I, I don't mean to be a downer, but, um, <laughs> I am, I, I am not, not hopeful. I, I, there is a lot to be hopeful about. Again, it's, it's really just, just the, the determination the Mexican journals have, and also the support they have from 
from the Union Tribune is, is just as one example and the, the, the wonderful uh, package that you put together over the weekend, uh, you know, more of that, the better, the more that, because I, I think they're probably maybe, I mean, maybe I'm being naive, but I think there, there could be some, some response to that kind of pressure. Uh, and, and I'm certainly, I'm sure it provides comfort to, to the, uh, to the, to Mexican journalists and to the victims' families to know that, that people are, that, you know, we're thinking of them. Yeah, well said. Anything else you'd like to add? You know, uh, one more point on the foreign journalists. So, um, you know, one thing that, that is, doesn't always, some, some readers and viewers may not know, uh, many Americans hire, uh, maybe American foreign journalists hire Mexican journalists to help them. Um, we have an extensive, the AP has an extensive network of, of freelancers, of contract hires, including in Tijuana, who are really the eyes and ears and, and other organizations do as well. There are some organizations that hire um, fixers, which is, is sometimes, you know, people uh, who are fixers take offense to that term, so I, I don't use it. But it's really I, I did mean it in a complimentary way, in the sense that they really uh, they sh they sh they sh you know they make the story possible. They sh again show people where to go, where not to go, who to talk to, who not to talk to. They really do the 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 heavy lifting, um, and so it's kind of but it's kind of an invisible role. Um, so they uh, again an example of how gener their generosity and their critical role in in keeping us informed one of the essays in the package um, brought up that point about the term fixer. Maybe we can call them producers. And um, I don't have the author's name off the top of my head, but she had a lot of suggestions about, you know, if we want to help, let's keep this in the news. Let's not let it fall off with the news cycle. I mean, anything else that you can add to that, that uh, just any, anything we, the public, you know, can be doing. You know, it's a good point about, about the fixer term because they generally don't get credit. Um, so maybe one thing that it would be a small gesture, but I think a significant one is when we, you know, work with them that they do get the proper credit. I, I think my organization does that, but, you know, I think just everybody making a, a, a clear effort to do that. Um, if you're having someone like, yeah, it's not a bad idea actually to call someone a producer and, to, and just to have their names out there. Um, I think, you know, American journalists, uh, there have been some American journalists killed in Mexico, but it generally doesn't happen. And a lot of discussion about why, why not? But, you know, the general feeling is like the, the drug cartels do not want to invite that kind of problems. Um, and so the more exposure we give and more support that we give to the Mexican journalists, I think um, it may make it more difficult for them to be uh, more costly really for the, for the cartels to, uh, to attack them. You can find our special section called War on Truth online at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. It honors fallen journalists and has essays from seven reporters who worked in Mexico reflecting on the state of journalism in the country. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.